I'm going to start by asking us a question that I'm pretty sure all of us will answer yes to. And the question is, have you ever experienced anything or witnessed something or, you know, received news that has made you want to almost immediately pick up your phone and share it with some someone, you know? It, it sort of dominates our conversations for the next little while. We, we greet someone, we say, hello, how are you? Can, can I tell you about what happened to me? Have you heard the news? Can I, can I tell you all about it? You know, you, you have this good news and you want to share it. Personally, this uh, occurred quite recently for me when I got engaged to my beautiful, beautiful fiance who's sitting in the front row. Yeah, I think that's worthy of a clap. Thank you. Clap for myself. I was telling the whole world whether you wanted to hear it or not. In fact, I'm still telling the whole world. So if, it, if you're new here this evening, she said yes. It's wonderful. And when she did say yes, my fiance and I had pretty different ideas on our strategy for sharing the news. Kelly Jo just wanted to sort of soak in the moment with just the two of us and enjoy the evening together. And, you know, we can tell everybody tomorrow it's, it's our moment. As for me, no ways. <laughs> I had her family and my family patiently waiting to hear how it went. But also, I had such good news. I wanted to share it with people. And so, uh, after a couple of hours of just the two of us, we phoned our parents and we phoned our siblings and let some close friends know uh, before we went out to dinner. And then when we arrived at the restaurant, I mean, we were wearing masks, but nothing was going to hide the smile on my face. And the poor unassuming host of the restaurant was promptly informed by yours truly that she said yes and we're engaged. What wonderful news. And needless to say, Kelly Joe relented and we shared the news with the rest of the world on social media that evening because like a child on Christmas Eve, I couldn't wait until the morning. And coming to church that Sunday, I think I felt 10 feet tall. I'm pretty sure for a moment I had the same glow and radiance that Moses did when he came down from Mount Sinai, only I wasn't hiding my face. I was telling everybody about the good news. And you know, others got in on it too. Our mothers wanted to talk about it to their friends and to our aunts. And um, we, they had good news and you want to share your good news when you have it. They felt compelled to, to share the good news. I mean, I'm still telling you about this good news three and a half months later. And when we get married in three and a half months, you better believe I'm going to be telling you all about it. And, you know, although not everything went according to plan, I had to delay the proposal a little bit because Katie Jo got COVID and then I had a location and it wasn't quite safe, so I had to improvise a location. We eventually got there and we were able to share our good news. And the overwhelming response to our good news was a shared joy, a sense that, ah, oh, this, is, this is our good news too. And there was, a, there was almost a gratitude that people received good news in spite of the turmoil of the last year and a half. You know, some light to shine in, in a dark year and some hope for them to hang on to. And I, at some point, I think we all need just a little bit of good news to keep us going, to shine some light in a dark space and to give us some hope to hang on to. It's okay if the past 20 months or so was a little bit overwhelming, and we, we may feel like we're just looking for a little bit of good news, maybe some light to shine on our path or some hope to hang on to. I think sometimes even as Christians, we get overwhelmed by what is happening around us. But my encouragement this evening is that we don't forget the basic message of the gospel, which literally means good news. So as we approach Christmas, my 
prayer and my hope, my encouragement to us is that this month and this year, in amongst all the busyness, we slow down and stop and drop what we're doing, avoid the busyness, and we take a step back to see the wood for the trees. We, we prepare space in our hearts to remember what this is all about and to make space for the good news of the arrival of Jesus. We're living in a world seemingly addicted to negativity. I know bad news sells, but we're almost living on a diet of bad news only. And that just leads to hopelessness and despair and division and anger and frustration. And as a result, we may be carrying heavy burdens of stress and anxiety over the present and the future. And we're, we're battling to cut back the clutter to figure out what is really essential. We're caught up in the noise, so we can't really tell what is important. And when we live like this, we find ourselves shrinking back. We're burdened by the pace of life, by the doom and the gloom and the division. And we're not really certain what we're holding on to. We're tossed and turned a little bit by the waves and the winds of life. But even though we may have darkness around us, we have the light of the world within us. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And we have the light of the world come to us at Christmas. This is the good news. When we have good news, we should share it. For there is blessing in sharing and there is blessing to those who receive the good news. There are many moments in Scripture when people or the people of God may have been facing moments that we feel like we're facing, a mountain that seems a little bit too high to overcome, a challenge too great, an obstacle too much to handle. There was one such moment when the nation of Israel had been defeated and Jerusalem and its temple had been destroyed by an opposition army. And the people of God had been sent into exile and only a small remnant uh, had remained in a battered and beaten Jerusalem. And this must have been terrible news for the people of God, for Jerusalem was supposed to be the city of God, the city where the one true God ruled the whole world. And now the temple and the city were destroyed and the people sent into exile. And in this context, the prophet Isaiah wrote a poem of hope to the people left behind. And those people left behind in Jerusalem may have been questioning God because of the circumstances they found themselves in or wondering, has God abandoned us in our time of need? And perhaps some of you are sitting here tonight or sitting online, listening online, wondering, has God abandoned me in my circumstances? Wondering where God is in amongst your circumstances. And I believe this poem written by Isaiah echoes true to us today the same way that it did to the people of Jerusalem thousands of years ago. A messenger had come with good news, calling the people of God to awake, to listen, for the, for the watchmen to join together with shouts of joy. And the poem about the messenger reads in Isaiah 52 verse 7. It says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Ah, beautiful feet. I don't know about you, but I don't consider my feet to be a particularly beautiful part of my body. I grew up barefoot on the banks of the river in Red House. I played a lot of backyard sport with no shoes on. I now run and ref rugby in rugby boots and running shoes. And my feet are a little bit battered and bruised. They've incurred quite a bit of wear and tear for the 29 years that they've been on earth. 
So this idea or this image of beautiful feet may at first seem to be a strange one. But these feet are beautiful because of the message they are carrying. These feet are the heralds of good news to those in despair. These feet proclaim peace and salvation, a reminder that our God reigns. The good news to the people left behind in Jerusalem all those years ago is still good news to us today. We have a message of good news proclaiming peace and salvation to all mankind, joy to all the world, and a reminder that our God still reigns. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And these feet that Isaiah wrote about pointed forward toward another set of feet upon a mountain that would be crushed and marred beyond human recognition, nailed to a tree, disfigured, yet to us, beautiful feet, crushed while crushing a serpent on our behalf. The true gift of Christmas, not under a tree, but nailed to a tree. Our Lord and Savior exalted high so that he may proclaim salvation and peace to all mankind, a reminder that our God still reigns. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. When Jesus was born, which is our celebration at Christmas, there was a proclamation and a heralding of good news. The shepherds were encountered by an angel and a heavenly host who came to them saying, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The birth of Jesus, the story of Christmas is the arrival of good news. So as we head into this Christmas season and then into a new year, I'd like to remind us of the simplicity of the gospel, of four things to take away of the good news of the arrival of Jesus. And then we'll take a look at the shepherd's response and four ways that we can respond to this good news at Christmas time. Firstly, the good news of Jesus' arrival is a proclamation of peace. Through Jesus, we have our peace restored. The story of the Bible is God seeking to restore his presence of peace within us and among us and between us and him, his beloved children. The turmoil we experience within us or between us and our fellow man is not part of God's design. God's design is one of peace. And the story of the Bible is God's mission to restore that peace between us and him and within us and between us and our fellow man. Scripture says that God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through his blood, Jesus shed on the cross. Isaiah says in a different passage, says in chapter nine, verse six, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, Prince of Peace. The message of Christmas is one of our peace restored through the arrival of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Secondly, the good news of Jesus' arrival is one that brings great joy. Through Jesus, we have our joy restored. 
We sang it earlier, the first song, Joy to the World, the Lord has come. Christmas carols are such a wonderful thing because they are a simple reminder of the joy of Christmas. The arrival of Jesus really is good news that brings great joy. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The psalmist says separately, shout for joy, all the earth, burst into jubilant song with music. The message of Christmas is one of joy restored through the Emmanuel, through the arrival of Emmanuel, God with us. Thirdly, the good news of Christmas is a proclamation of salvation. Through Jesus' arrival, we have our hope restored. Right from the moment Adam and Eve rebelled in the garden, God was on this mission to rescue humanity in order to reconcile the world to himself. This is what Jesus came to achieve, our salvation. Jesus' arrival was God playing his full hand, his royal flush in the anointed king of the world come as the true king of all creation. Matthew 12, 21 says, his name, Jesus, will be the hope of all the world. And scripture tells us all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So the message of Christmas is one of our hope restored through the arrival of the Messiah, the Lord, Jesus Christ. And fourthly, the good news of Jesus' arrival is a reminder that our God reigns. This is our confidence restored. Like the remnant in Jerusalem after the temple was destroyed and the people were dispersed, we might look at our circumstances surrounding us and wonder, could it be true if I look at the world that God still reigns? And Jesus' arrival was God's authoritative declaration that in fact, He is still in charge, that Jesus still reigns. Isaiah's poem in chapter 9 continues, it says, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. David in the Psalm says separately, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. This is our confidence that God still reigns and he will restore all things. The message of Christmas is one of our confidence restored through the arrival of the King whose kingdom will reign forever, established with justice and righteousness, upheld by the zeal of the Lord Almighty. This is the good news of Jesus' arrival. Peace restored, hope restored, joy restored, confidence restored. And so what is our appropriate response to the good news? When the angel and the company of heaven appeared to the shepherds, they responded in certain ways. And I think we can learn one or two things from these simple shepherds. In Luke 2, the story continues. It says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. 
So four things that the shepherd's response can teach us this Christmas. Firstly, the shepherd's, the shepherd's response teach, teaches us to drop what we're doing. You know, the shepherds were busy going about their ordinary everyday lives when the angel appeared to them. And I think we can all attest that sometimes in our ordinary everyday lives, we can get a little bit caught up in the busyness and we, we battle to know what is truly important and what is truly urgent. As you already know, I might have mentioned this, I'm getting married soon. And um, my, my fiancé and I, I've learned one or two things uh, in our relationship. Sometimes we just kind of go through the motions of the ordinary everyday life. The, Hello, my love, how are you? How are things going? And you're kind of cooking dinner, but chatting or doing what you're doing and life carries on. But sometimes there's a recognition of a moment where you just need to drop what you're doing and listen. Any husbands here might agree with that. Yeah, there are a few hands. Sometimes there's a significant moment that means I've just got to drop what I'm doing and listen. Sometimes that significance is, is difficult to, to know, but sometimes you know. And I wonder whether we're caught up in the clutter of the busyness of life and we're battling to be cognizant of those moments where we should just drop what we're doing and listen. I think the Lord is speaking and we're often too busy to listen. Heaven is proclaiming and we're too busy complaining. I think we need to be still long enough to hear from heaven. The shepherds recognized the significance of the moment and they dropped what they were doing. This Christmas, may we have the awareness to recognize when we need to drop what we're doing so we can pay attention to what the Lord is really doing. May we recognize the significance of the arrival of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, what this good news means. Secondly, the shepherd's response teaches us to get ourselves moving. When Kelly Joe and I have one of those moments where I, I need to drop what I'm doing and listen, there, the, often the response is to do something. There's a burden to be, to be lifted, a prayer to be prayed, a comfort to be given, even a cup of tea to be made. When the shepherds heard the significance of what the angels had told them, they dropped what they were doing and they got going. They weren't about to miss out on what God was doing. So this Christmas, may we have the boldness to get in on what God is doing. Take that step of faith. Be bold and be brave. The Savior of the world has come. This is good news. We should be of good courage. When heaven speaks, we should respond. Thirdly, the shepherd's response teaches us to start sharing. Once the shepherds had seen the baby, just as they had been told, their natural response was to spread the news. When Kelly, Joe and I got engaged and we told our parents, their natural response was to share the news. You know, the simple shepherds tending sheep on the mountains became the beautiful feet upon the mountains, which brought good news. When the shepherds shared what had been told to them about this child, the people who heard it were amazed at what they heard. I think the, the, this Christmas, may we be the carriers and the sharers of this good news that we have been told about this child. For the people who hear it will be amazed. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. 
And finally, the shepherd's response teaches us to find ourselves praising. When the shepherds returned, they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard. And in turn, others found themselves praising God too. So this Christmas, may we develop gratitude. May we recognize the significance of the good news of the child born and the son given. And may we give thanks to the Lord for his love, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him would live. So what are we going to do with the good news this Christmas? We have peace. The Prince of Peace has come. We have the light of the world. We have our joy unspeakable. We have hope. We have confidence in Emmanuel, God with us, that our God reigns. This should change the way we live. Our response is to lift up hands surrendered in worship. For though we are not worthy to receive any gifts under the tree but a lump of coal, Jesus hung on a tree so that you and me could experience eternity. So may we, like the messenger to those despairing in a destroyed Jerusalem, be the beautiful feet upon the mountains that bring good news of the true gift of Christmas. Not a gift wrapped neath a tree, but our Lord wrapped in splendor and majesty, come as a baby wrapped in a manger. May we be the beautiful feet upon the mountains who bring the good news of the beautiful broken feet of our God exalted high upon a mountain, the cross of Calvary, the ultimate Christmas tree, the gift not under a tree, but nailed to it to set you and me free. May we not withhold the message of the good news we have to share. For this world our God so loves is in need of hearing the true message of Christmas, of peace proclaimed to all mankind, of salvation through Jesus, of good news that causes great joy, of our confidence that our God still reigns. May the message we carry this Christmas and into the new year be one that heralds good news that brings great joy. I don't think we should get too upset that Christmas has become commercialized and we may think, ah, we've lost the true message of, the, of Christmas. I think the world is crying out to hear the true message of Christmas. The good news we have to share. God is still God. Jesus still reigns in peace. It's been bringing good news for thousands of years and it is not going to stop now. We should live knowing that we have good news to share. The light of all mankind, Jesus Christ, has shone into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The disciples may have thought when Jesus hung on a cross that darkness had won, but the light of eternity burst forth from an empty tomb and we have that same light within each of us. Our hearts need to be reminded of the good news this Christmas so that we can be of good cheer for the light of the world has come, the saviour of the world in a manger. And the world that God so loves that he sent his son is crying out to hear this good news that we have to share. So may the greatest gift we give this Christmas be the good news that causes great joy of our saviour born to us. How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. I'm going to invite the band up to sing us off. And will you please stand with me as we pray? Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you that to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And we will call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We thank you, Jesus, that your arrival brought good news of great joy to all mankind, a proclamation of peace and salvation. We thank you that your name is the hope of all the world. Holy Spirit, this Christmas, we invite you to lead us in response to this good news so that like the shepherds, we would be able to be aware enough to drop what we're doing so that we can get in on what you are doing, the significance of the arrival of the newborn King, Jesus Christ. Will you please lead us in boldness to be the beautiful feet upon the mountains, carrying the good news that our God reigns, proclaiming peace and salvation to all the world through Jesus Christ in whose wonderful, perfect and precious name we pray. Amen.